Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Our bankruptcy solution series carries on today as we dive into the sixth of our planned seven episodes on this important topic. Hi, everyone. This is Jim Mitchell. And over the last few weeks here on Chicago's Legal Latte, I've been joined by several of the shareholders at Lavelle Law as we take a detailed look at bankruptcy options for both individuals and businesses. In our last discussion, managing partner Ted McGinn discussed Chapter 7 bankruptcy for corporations. And today, it's attorney Tim Hughes who returns as we discuss the Chapter 11 alternative. So, um, Tim, thanks for joining me today. I'm glad to have you back to continue our discussion. Oh, thanks for having me, Jim. Always a pleasure talking with you on current topics. Well, this one is very current for uh, so many people, and um, we've kind of worked our way through some of the different alternatives in recent weeks. So let's let's focus today on Chapter 11. Give me a, a kind of an overview of the characteristics of a Chapter 11 bankruptcy, if you would. Well, Chapter 11 is uh, akin to a Chapter 13 for individuals, and, and 11 can also be for individuals, but Compared to the Chapter 7 for a corporation where it's the end of the company, the closing of the doors, and it's out of business, the Chapter 11 allows a company to hopefully move forward and uh, reorganize and continue as a going concern. So it's a uh, great option for a company that is viable, and that's the key there, is the company economically viable. Okay, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit as we go on. But tell me a little bit when you what you mean when you say business reorganization. Sure, it's uh, that a company is facing pressures from uh, secured creditors, landlords, uh, uh, unions, uh, just or just a vast number of uh, creditors or. Uh, couple of key creditors that may be filing a lawsuit and that addressing those issues through normal negotiations aren't working. A bankruptcy allows kind of for a cooling off period that the debtor files for bankruptcy, gets some breathing room to propose a plan to the court and creditors to say how it can go forward and address the various uh, claims that exist against it or um, uh, not an uncommon tool for Chapter 11 is to kind of convert to a 7 after a sale of some of its key assets so as to protect its going concern or core business that that doesn't lose value by being shut down immediately by uh, outside pressures from creditors that the bankruptcy court will give the debtor corporation some time to propose a plan either to keep moving forward as the company itself or do a liquidation but orderly and not uh, through maybe uh, a forced judicial sale at a state court level. 
so as as a company is working on that plan and the court is considering it, I assume then that the business stays in operation during the process? Correct, yes. Uh, last week, I think Ted talked to you about a Chapter 7 for a corporation that you know, before it files for Chapter 7, it turns off the lights and locks the door and it puts up the uh, out-of-business sign and then files Chapter 7, whereas the Chapter 11, it is moving forward as a operating entity but under the protection of the bankruptcy court. Now, you mentioned the uh, economic viability of the company looking forward. Um, tell me a little bit about that, and are there certain criteria that have to be met to actually qualify for a Chapter 11, and is that one of them? Uh, yes, that it's got to be able to propose a plan that's going to satisfy its various creditors and convince the judge that it is in the best op- uh, best uh, interest of the bankruptcy estate and creditors that the plan uh, proposed by the debtor or occasionally other parties can propose a plan if the debtor doesn't get the plan approved uh, timely, then other parties can propose a uh, plan of liquidation or uh, uh, chapter 13 or I'm sorry chapter 11 plan as a going concern through uh, new management. And when you talk about the creditors in a Chapter 11, um, are they treated, you know, equally? Uh, are they um, all the same? And do they anticipate ultimately getting made whole on what's owed to them, or might it be a portion of what's owed to them through a Chapter 11? Uh, creditors are divided into different categories depending upon their class. Uh, secured uh, is it the highest type of creditor because they've got collateral interest and then there'd be priority and then general unsecured but there can be classes broken out within each of those three categories depending upon the uh, nature of the business and the debtor creditor relationship that the debtor has with uh, uh, key uh, creditors now, in that process, as a creditor, explain to me, if you would, what a proof of claim is. A proof of claim is a way for a creditor to get paid. Uh, in a Chapter 11, if the debtor listed the creditor and put the right amount that is owed, then the party doesn't have to file a proof of claim. But if they um, party is not listed as a creditor or the amount is wrong, then they have to file a proof of claim so that way their claim is put on record as to what is owed as of the petition date. That's the date that the debtor seeks bankruptcy protection from the bankruptcy court and files its petition with the court on that day known as the petition date. Um, I uh, got the privilege of talking with LaBelle Law shareholder Timothy Hughes today on this episode of Bankruptcy Solutions on the Chicago's Legal Latte series. Uh, Tim has been serving bankruptcy and tax clients for uh, a good 30 years and has a tremendous wealth of knowledge in these areas of law. He's hosted seminars, written articles. He's been a part of many podcasts with me and produced videos as well, uh, all of which can be found, uh, can be found at LaBelleLaw.com. 
um, and uh, as every episode of this particular series can as well. Um, we talked a little bit with Ted last week, Tim, as, as you mentioned about some of these aspects. What about individuals who may have provided guarantees for business loans? Uh, what is their risk uh, in a Chapter 11 filing? Uh, the risk that a guarantor has is what is common to all uh, guarantors, that the entity that they're guaranteeing somebody's debt that they can't perform. Uh, in a Chapter 11, if the debtor files for bankruptcy protection, there is not a co-obligor or co-debtor stay that the guarantor can uh, seek relief or protection from the court as well, that um, an entity may look and say, hey, I'm not going to get fully paid from the debtor, therefore, let's look in the file, see if there's a guarantor or guarantors, plural, and if so, um, you know, we may only be getting 10 cents on the dollar from the debtor corporation, so the balance of the 90% of the claim, uh, they're going to seek uh, that balance from the guarantor or guarantors of the debtor's claim. Uh, you and I and some of your colleagues have talked over time about different ways of uh, starting a business, the different business structures. Um, as we talk today about uh, potential bankruptcy plans, Chapter 11 in specific, are there uh, individuals, either owners of the business or family members of the business or others who might be exposed and responsible for some business debt in a bankruptcy? Yeah, in addition to the... Um individuals that sign a personal guarantee for the corporation, there's possibility that um, uh, through statute an individual or individuals could be held responsible for the corporation's debt. Uh, specifically, one that com is most common is uh, IRS and uh, state taxes, that if a corporation has not been withholding uh, and remitting sales tax or employment tax, then the state or the IRS can come after that, uh, or not only the company, but also people who are deemed responsible individuals who are responsible for the collecting, accounting, and remittance of that employment tax and or um, sales tax. So, while the company may be proposing a plan to repay, the uh, IRS or the state may still be making assessments because um, their ability to make that assessment is they've got a short window of three years, so they can't just sit back and hope that uh, the Chapter 11 debtor is going to satisfy the claim. They'll make the assessment and then... Uh, possibly proceed against the uh, individual or individuals that have had that trust fund penalty assessed against them. Uh, the state and the IRS cannot double collect on the amount owed, meaning they can't get 100% of the employment tax from the person or persons deemed as responsible individuals and the company. Any collection from uh, trust fund recovery penalty person A will be credited to trust fund recovery penalty person B as well as the corporate. So um, 
the IRS can have many pockets to try to collect from, even though um, there's no written agreement between that person that's deemed a um, responsible individual for employment tax and or sales tax with uh, the taxing entity. And I've got just a couple of minutes left before I let you go here, um, Tim. And can you kind of just give us a look at the timeline, high level, and, and maybe the key steps that would take place in a Chapter 11, how someone would start and what they would expect to, to go through in the process? Sure. Well, first, again, they've got to kind of analyze and have a real gut check on the viability of their business. Is the business going to be able to survive and be profitable each and every month or a quarter or however or seasonal if that's the nature of the business. And if it's viable, then uh, kind of bifurcate its debts into pre-petition, you know, that we will be filing on X date and the balance owed before that date I'm going to have to address this way and after that filing date, I might be able to renegotiate a lease or I might be able to renegotiate a contract or be able to somehow um, cut costs so as to be even more profitable to not just uh, uh, make a profit and pay taxes on those current profits, but take those profits and pay for uh, the liabilities that existed as of the petition date. And um, I guess in retrospect, as we wrap up, we've still got one more episode in this series, but um, uh, as you look back on, on you know, companies you've dealt with, um, in general, if someone feels they have a decent business idea, maybe there have been hard times or circumstances, can Chapter 11 be the right answer to give them that opportunity to succeed down the, down the road? It can, and because of COVID and also just the nature of uh, Chapter 11s, Congress has uh, tweaked the bankruptcy code to provide a subchapter 5 filing, which uh, uh, reduces a lot of the uh, administrative costs of filing a Chapter 11, so it's more feasible for smaller businesses. And with the COVID um, uh, CARES Act that recently amended uh, subchapter 5 for a year's period, has the debt limitations of a subchapter 5 increased up to 7.5 million so a lot of smaller businesses that may have been intimidated by the cost and administrative hurdles of a full blown chapter 11 can now seek chapter 11 subchapter 5 bankruptcy protection and move forward well, we uh, will move forward on to our last episode of this great discussion. Thanks to Tim Hughes. Very much uh, appreciate him being here today. Bankruptcy Solutions will continue in our uh, podcast series here. Thanks to everyone for listening.